What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 352. Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Proudly being presented to you today by Bud Light Next. Uh, I was suckered in from the Super Bowl ad like I am almost every year by whatever concoction Bud Light comes out with. Um, I'm trying to get through this 12-pack as quickly as I can. How you doing? Doobie, doobie, doo. Dude, Bud Light wins commercials. Yeah. They uh, they do. That was Bud Ice, obviously, with Ice Penguin. But they, they do an awesome job with that. Did you ever play that video game? The Ice Penguin Slapshot game on Yes. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. It was the awesome. The old Flash game. Like at least there was a, like an old JavaScript or something yep. game. Yeah, God. Yeah. See, this is why we have a podcast together. We're just <laughs> locked in, baby. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh did good chalk, bad chalk. Just got got three of four and uh, you know, missed Damn. a pick four for a thousand bucks there, so that kind of sucked. Um, but you know, we're here and we're ready to talk some Oakland Saturday racing. Yeah, we got to, hey, look who's in the chat, Peter Thiel, which if you've noticed the new, the videos with the better sounding voiceovers than my own, Peter's the one that does that, uh, he does a great job, but he's a member, uh, a part of the My Resource group that owns uh, Chasing Time, and he's in the Rebel Sticks, so we're going to talk about that later, uh, it's going to be an interesting race, you got a Bob Baffert horse in there, Baffert's won the Rebel eight times, the dogs are chiming in about it, uh, yeah, but there's 10 other happy. horses that still show up to try and face him, including Chasing Time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, a lot of horses in the field. I'm not going to call it a deep field, but there's there's you know there's 44 legs, so that's a start. <laughs> quantity, it's it's yeah. deep in quantity. Yeah, quantity, quality. not quality. There you go. Yeah, Aaron, uh, the preview that we did on the YouTube channel, um, Aaron said it's 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 pretty much the cast. He's beaten almost all of these horses, and the new shooters either are very bad or you're you got question marks like chasing time. So uh, we'll get into that later. But before we get into it, what is the best thing you saw this week, buddy? Uh, I'm excited for the playoff push. The Blues are playing good hockey again. Uh, we, we were terrible up in, I don't even remember where it was, Montreal. We really should have beaten them and played terribly, but we bounced <laughs> back the last two. Tarasenko's looking great. Uh, excited that Bennington actually played well. So I'm excited about my Blues. And I got to say, I'm really, like, it, it ebbs and flows, especially when you have a kid and watching sports. And the Blues are on late a lot of times because there's a West Coast team. So every now and then, you just you don't get to, to like, engage with the team as much as you used to. And I used to wear a Blues jersey. Every single time they played, and my wife knew to just leave. Like, just get away. Just let me watch the game. And I'm I'm enjoying that I'm starting get, getting back into that, except I've got, like, my, my daughter now asks if the Blues are playing every night, and she wants to sit there on my lap and watch the Blues game. She also Aww. wants to stay up later when she does that. So Aww. I think it's part of a twofold thing here. But it's Whatever nice it takes. I'm kind of getting back to that. I love this team mode where it's like you live, you breathe, you die by it. And it's, it's one of those things that I love about sports is feeling so connected that you start calling it my team and, you know, that whole deal. Um, and I'm starting to get there with this Blues team. So I'm excited because I, I like the team. I like the depth. I like the goalies. Uh, and I'm having fun with it. So let's go Blues, baby. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, I didn't know that Bennington had finally got another winning. I know Huso's kind of taken over uh, the starting role. And, I mean, it happens, especially with goaltending. Goaltenders are kind of like uh, – they're kind of like mirrors in horse racing. We're like, when they're hot, man, they're hot. And when they suddenly crap out – Oh boy, does that anchor fall through sometimes through the ice. So uh, hoping that isn't the case with Bennington. Maybe just needs to, you know, get a little refresher, get a little bit of time off, and maybe sitting on the bench for a little bit and collect himself. But uh, regardless, you guys have a solid team. Uh, part of the reason I'm drinking the Bud Light next, too, is because last night I had a good friend over to watch the Red Wings game. Uh, they were hosting Colorado. We, were just, we just wanted to get to, uh, excuse to get together and hang out. And uh, Labatt Blue is the official like uh, beer of the Detroit Red Wings. And there's one little market around here that sells Labatt Blue. And mm-hmm. so I usually have a six-pack Labatt Blue, and I only touch it if I'm going to be watching the Red Wings game. So uh, he was coming over. I was like, all right, I'll go get some more Labatt Blue. No Labatt Blue. I didn't know what to do. Ouch. I was so very upset about it. And the Red Wings lost, and I explicitly blamed not Labatt Blue – the market for not having Labatt Blue for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Labatt Blue, and th- there's a, a beer in Pennsylvania too, uh, Yingling. There's oh, only yeah. available in like two places in uh, in Los Angeles, and people get pissed if that is not around because uh, it's like I have a bunch of cousins from upstate New York, and Labatt Blue is like the jam there. It's also the jam in in, uh, in Canada. So it's interesting when you have like these beers that are the hometown beer, and everyone has to have it. So it's uh, it's funny, man. And yeah. Like, well, Mark, I'm sure you can tell me all about Emo's Pizza, though. Like, there are certain things in each city <laughs> that just, like, just zing right to the heart of it. And it was, yeah, for me, it was Emo's and White Castle growing up in St. Louis. And then, you know, you got Labatt and you've got, uh, like I said, Gingling. And all these just, just the little things. There was also an orange soda, I want to say. No, it was like a, it was a Mountain Dew replacement that was super popular in Missouri. I can't remember the name of it, but that was like, it was the jam there. Everyone drank it. You put vodka in, it was great. Not only did I know your Emo's reference from St. Louis, I have had Emo's Pizza. The one time in my life I've been in St. Louis, I was looking when I was driving, moving to L.A., I was all these towns I was stopping with my best friend. We'd take a couple days. It's mostly to do brewery tours, so we're there for Anheuser-Busch uh, tour, which, by the way, is amazing. If we get a chance to do it. It's incredible. But uh, I was like, what's each town known for? St. Louis, I didn't know there's a St. Louis-style pizza. And it's not my favorite style, but I'm glad I got to try it. And I was like, where's the best place? Like it, the original. Perfect. We'll go there. Emo's yes. supposed to be the original. So, yeah, that's how I got there. Oh, my Surge. God. Surge. Yeah, that was oh. that was like I went to college uh, at University of Missouri and Surge. Everyone had it. Every dorm room. I was like, what the is Surge? I've never even heard of this stuff. Um, yeah. And fun, uh, fun comment real quick on Emo's Pizza. So I lived in town and country when I was growing up, like from, from, I think it was like three to 10 in St. Louis. It's like the Brett Hall era. It's the reason I'm a blues fan. Um, and I lived in town and country and so did some, I don't remember his first name. Emo lived there too. Best house every year on Halloween. He always gave away an Emo's gift certificate and the full size candy bar. So every kid, like, even though you had to go on this long, long thing, he gave away a free pizza and a gift certificate. every kid's there. Every kid went. So let me ask you, was it like a free kid's pizza? Like a small, like it was too large. But he only oh, gave them to kids. Easy. He wouldn't give them to adults. Okay. So like, you had to be a kid, you get, and you had to be in con- costume, and you get a free large pizza and a large candy bar. <laughs> uh, Mark says uh, St. Louis is also all about yes. toasted ravioli and gooey butter cake. I've had to uh, – wait, no. I've had deep fried ravioli. I've not had toasted ravioli. What is gooey butter cake, and how do I get some in my stomach? So I've actually never heard of gooey butter cake. Um, okay. says, let's see, look at this. Look, the, the St. Louis – Even Jared agrees yeah. with us. Emo's <laughs> is bringing together worlds right now. I don't I don't know if it's the random Emo's rant or the fact that Jared is watching is more random because both are one-on-ones on this show. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely crazy that everyone knows this thing. Uh, yeah, it, uh, so toasted ravioli is delicious. The Hill is amazing. Like, it's a bunch of Italian restaurants in St. Louis. Like, St. Louis, by the way, the, the advertisement for the Travel Commission for St. 
St. Louis should just cut this and use it as an ad. That's it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, the Hill is amazing. Emos is amazing. Toasted ravioli, incredible. I've never had butter cake either. So we got to find out about where that's at so we can make that happen. Next I, I just looked it up. It looks a lot like uh, like lemon squares. You ever had lemon square? Obviously, probably yeah. not going to have lemon in it, but it's got like that where it's got the, the thin flaky crust and then kind of gooey in the middle and then the harder crust on the bottom. It looks incredible. It looks as good as it sounds. So I, I think we need to do a company trip to St. Louis. And we can go into a fan live duel. We'll go to the live, fan duel. St. Louis Derby. Spot, no live spot from Fairmont Park. I'm not calling it fan duel. We'll do a live spot from Fairmont Park. We'll have some gooey butter cake. Get some emos. We can hit some poker at the Riverboat Gambling. Watch a blues game and check out the hill for some toasted rav. And then you know get emos when we're really drunk too. I this just sounds like a wonderful weekend. I love it. The dogs are excited about it in the background too. Uh, Jared says they believe they rebranded search can be now uses windshield wiper fluid. Uh, that is true. Actually, uh, the net, when you go to LA, it's, like, you get a stop sign that's near like an underpass for a bridge. Usually homeless people will come up and uh, try and wipe off it with give them some money. They just had the surge bottles. Like they literally just put the like the, the thing straight into the surge bottles. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, listen, I'll go through it quick, uh, but it's, it is a short one. The best thing that I saw: Fountain of Youth card is drawing on Monday, Michael. Gulf Street Park. Yeah, it's, it's like four or five p.m. my time on the West Coast Wednesday when their cards come out. They're drawing this on Monday. We have the first major track that's doing a non like non Pegasus day early in the week. Are is this a sign of things to come? Are are we actually getting a change? I mean, it doesn't mean we won't get the morning lines until like, and the numbers and, and DRF until like Thursday afternoon. Don't but even man, care. I would, it would be amazing. I'm telling you, as someone who handicaps 25 cards a week, if every card had morning lines and numbers out on Monday and Tuesday, oh my God, I'd be so much happier. Like it would be so incredible instead of like, I handicapped five cards today because Wednesday is the light day from a horse racing and tournament and all that jazz perspective. I'm sorry, five cards yesterday. Hey, kept three more today. Because, like, these are the two light days. And then it gets kind of crazy, so it's tough to do anything into the weekend. So, yeah, it would be amazing if these things would draw earlier. And that's, like, one of the things we loved about Fairgrounds card, and probably the only thing in the retrospect, was that they draw the damn thing early. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I I'm just very happy about it. And it, it means we're going to go back to Gulfstream. The reason it's also a big deal is because next week, three different tracks have derby preps on Saturday. Aqueduct's got the Gotham, San Anita, San Felipe, and then obviously the Fountain of Youth. But then there's also three Oaks preps. And Gulfstream has nine stakes on the day seven of them graded and we're doing a guide and there there's just a lot of work that people in the industry on our side of the industry have to go through on days like that and so anything the tracks can do to make it easier for us i'm going to be more willing to promote your product i'm going to be completely honest with you on that one 100 <laughs> i agree with mark here too it's nice for the draw to be early you don't necessarily need the morning line but when you're playing tournaments it really helps because it hmm. gives you an idea of like which horses you're targeting multi-race wagering it helps too because like you realize okay you know, is this horse, because if a horse is three to five, four to five, eight to five, even on the morning line, you know that horse is taking money. So it makes it a little bit easier from that perspective. But I, I do like handicapping without him and then pulling it back and see what happens. All right, Mike, we're going to be going to Oakland Park. This is your idea. When this, when we come back on Monday and this didn't work, I'm going to remind you this was your idea. Uh, we took flack for not going to fairgrounds last weekend. We got to give the people what they want. Good God. Yeah, we better get, well, Listen, we better give them winning tickets to them because they're really demanding this. We're going to Oakland Park. Late pick four. Rebel stakes the feature. Riders up. And Mike, kick me off. 
Late pick four at Oakland Park, Saturday, February 26th, race nine on the card. We got a mile-long dirt route for 12 older allowance horses. And I got to say, this is a hell of a way to kick off a late pick four. I can make a case for almost all 12 of these horses. It's extremely evenly matched race. Your favorite is the number 10 prioritization at 3-1, to one, but the always dangerous Robertini Dioro has two horses in here. They're 4-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And if you like potential pace collapses and you like closers, I think this is a good race for you because seven of the 12 that are in this field, Mike, early time form pace figures of at least 100. So lots of horses want to go fast early. Who's going to be coming home late? Where are you going on top? <laughs> I don't know, man. This race is a mess. Um, I actually went with a speed horse on top, but I'm going five deep because I don't have any monster opinion. I actually, like I said this before the fairgrounds card, and it, it smacked me in the face because I couldn't get to half those long shots. This is another great card. I mean, this is 12 races. I think there's three pick fives, a bunch of pick fours, a lot of competitive fields, um, and, and a lot of full fields. we got a lot of 12 horse, 10 horse, 11 horse fields. Makes the betting really good. So I'm excited to play this card on Saturday. Hopefully we can just string together a couple more. Um, man, it just might got home. It would have been a fine day. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Pat's property, the one horse on top. There's a ton of speed in here, yes. Um, but I really like the move forward off of the barn switch. So it's never like a, normally when you switch out of the Brad Cox barn, you're not expecting a big time jump forward. But that is what we got in that last Oakland race in December 10th, 2021. The horse takes a nice step forward off of that three-year-old season, I'm sorry, off the two, or during that three-year-old season, then takes a second step forward off the layoff, was able to go gate to wire in that first race, just missed going gate to wire last time. I think the inside post kind of forces the hand of the one here. I think Pat's property ends up being the speed of the speed. And I think that's dangerous in a spot when sometimes you have this much speed, the best speed horse just wins because everyone else has run off their toes so much. And if there is one really good speed horse and four speed horses behind him, those four are all quitting because they can't pass anyone anyway. So for me, I went with the one on top. I did include the 10 as another must use. Uh, so I'll go all the way to, to prioritization, who just makes a lot of sense here. Ran second to pass priority, by the way, prioritization three to one, pass priority eight to one. Um, two back at this mile distance, the trip isn't going to be as good here for prioritization. You don't want to be hung too wide on this first turn. The 10 is going to have to use to get out there. I think it's going to be 10-1 in the first two spots turning for home. I'm going to put them on top because I think it's likely that one of them is actually able to hold off whoever is charging late. We agree. So, first of all, Mike told me I wasn't allowed to look at his ticket. So, this is the first time in months that I'm doing this blind, and I don't like it. Um, but well, we agree. There's, there is a reason. There is a reason. You'll, you'll appreciate it at the end. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, we agree on one horse, and it's not the favorite. Uh, I'm with you on Pat's uh, on Pat, Pat's property. I was going to say Pat's promise. Uh, I went three deep. This horse is not my top pick, but definitely going to be on. Uh, you made all great points about it, including why is this horse that beat the favorite – uh, why is this horse eight to one? The horse that's got the worst draw. I mean, I know the morning line doesn't always factor, doesn't really factor in the post, but prioritization at three to one. I think that combined with the fact that he's going to be carrying as much as ten pounds more than some of these horses, I really don't like that. Uh, I don't like that he's drawn in the parking lot. I also don't like. I talked about that there are seven horses that are really fast. Uh, one, three, five, eight all have at least are at least as fast as prioritization. So you talk about you don't want to get stuck too wide. If he's trying to go forward early, there's four horses that is inside that are going, plus the 11-12 to his outside. If they break faster, they're crossing over in front of him. He's getting shuffled back. I think this is going to be an absolutely terrible trip for a horse that I think is a lot more talented than what he's going to end up finishing here. So I'm going to take a shot against him. I ended up using on top uh, the three Palace Coupe, 4-1. to one. I think that this is the better of the two Diodoro horses. Any of the three efforts that he's had since Diodoro got him, 
when he crossed the finish line, uh, they could win this. I really think that they're good enough to win this race. He's cutting back in distance from a mile and the 16th at Oaklawn, which is the you know, normal fish line at a, a mile. That finish line is a 16th pole, so this early speed is good. That's why Mike and I like the one. It's why I like the three as well. Um, I actually thought if anybody goes gate to wire, it would be this horse, but I could also see him sitting off the one because that horse on the rail, ooh, he going. Yeah, I didn't use the three because of the one. I fair. don't think the three can win without the lead. And I don't think he can get the lead with the one on the rail. Now, if the three gets the lead, I'm scared. I'm going to be told like I, then I'll be a little concerned, yeah. but I just, I feel like you have to send, if you're the 10, you have to send, if you're the one. And it, it means that the, if the three absolutely has to gun out there, I'm not sure he holds like, so if the three does somehow clear the one of the 10, he's flying. Like we're talking 22 and change flying. Then I'm concerned about the three late. And if he doesn't clear the one in the 10, I'm concerned about the three the entire race. So I, I just I decided to leave the three off here and take a shot. I actually it was I was back and forth between the three a couple times, ended up leaving the horse off. Um my next up horse was the five horse mile pick. Um, the other Diodoro. The other Diodoro. This one I think can actually pass horses, although we haven't seen it a ton late. Look, I like the fact that two back we came out of a hundred thousand dollar stakes race. I know we're twenty to one, didn't run that great, but I like the fact that we at least put the horse there. Horses also have been running longer, so if they do shorten up. If they do come back to the to this field, I think that the the five mile pick has a shot at being the horse that they that can kind of pick up the pieces. It's closer to the pace. Um, this is a tough race, though. I mean, I, I'm like I'm gonna start grasping with some of these picks after I get the best of five. <laughs> um, listen, I didn't use the five, and I know there's like you've got the two Diodoros. They're both pretty closely priced, but you kind of nailed why I don't want to use myopic because he's he's kind of like Jared when he has too much whiskey on a Tinder date. Can't finish. Just can't oh. get the job done. So I'm going to pass on this horse because he just can't really hang in there. Uh, I'm going three deep. I'm actually going to go. I use the three and the one. Why not use the two sandwich in the middle? The two Santos Dumont, 12 to one morning line. And listen, from a speed figure standpoint, definitely needs big improvement. You know what's going to make him improve? Chris Hartman. <laughs> Chris Hartman is really freaking good when he gets horses first time. 21%. But I love the horse's steady workout pattern. Uh, that bullet on February 19th tells me this horse is going to be ready to go. Arietta also left other horses, theoretically, to come ride this horse. So I'm going to go with the two. Did he make your ticket? Yes. He was yes. the fifth horse on, last horse on. Um, I, I think that he also has a chance to stalk a really good trip here. And, and buyer figures may not matter because the p horses that have better buyer figures than him are the one, the three, the five, and the ten, who, by the way, will all be on the lead. So, like, we, we're talking about burners up front. You, you may not need to run a big number. I mean, the three has won, run multiple 75s its last four starts. The two's numbers beat that. So, like, you, you have numbers that fit if these horses do end up going and, and killing each other. It's one of the reasons I use the two is that it, he does kind of fit in that sense. I also went all the way to the outside. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's it's Lamu, Lamu Tanati. Lamu Tanati. I just I got to look at these names before I do this, and it really kills me sometimes. Uh, Lamu Tanati. Look, the horse runs well on debut at Gulfstream, trained by Chad Brown. Then jumps over into the Ron Marquette barn, runs at Oakland, not that great. We go on a layoff. Now we're coming out of that layoff. But, like, this is an into mischief horse that's sold for 700000 that's adding blinkers, that has passed horses before, that has speed, but should be a good horse. Like, in St. Hood and Dr. Duke are the two that run behind it at Gulfstream early in the year last year when it breaks its maiden. I love the fact that we're getting 10 to 1. I hope we get somewhere near that price. I think... That this horse could be interesting if he's a, if he's able to end up outside of the speed, kind of in that second tier, and make one run around that turn. So I'm going to go five deep here. 
uh, I'm going to use the one, the two, the five, the 10, and the 12, and hopefully we get through this leg. I just want to get through this leg. Yeah, this is a, like I said, this is a hell of a way to start the pick four. And actually, the 12 was a horse that I kept uh, going back and forth on, didn't end up using, but um, it, it's sneaky because I remember this horse uh, literally 13 months ago debuted. You talked about Chad Brown at Gulfstream, but um, I can't. Re- I don't think he was picked up in the fantasy league, but there was some discussion. And you can see in the past performances, several horses he beat came back to win, and the St. Hood ended up being stakes place. So, uh, and then he ends up not running again. Shadwell Stable owned this horse. They paid $700,000 for this horse. He wins his only race. It seems like he has trouble staying healthy. They sell him off at the Keeneland Horses of Racing Age Stable, and a sale and Ron Moquette picks him up. So yeah, I think this horse has a ton of ability. I think if you just forgive that effort it, when he was, you know, never involved, whereas you see when he won on his debut, he was involved from the start. So uh, you talked about if you see the three um, go off and, and get an early lead, it, it, you're going to be scared. If I see that the 12 is very forwardly placed early, I'm going to be a little worried about him because it seems like he's got a lot of ability. Moving on. You ready? <laughs> Let's do it. That's all I got. Just those five. <laughs> Jared's, we'll, Jared will have the, the party line. It's all about walking that whiskey fine line. That is very <laughs> true. Uh, moving on. The second leg of the late pick four sequence at Oakland Park, Saturday, February 26th. Race 10 on the card. Oh, boy. This is another one that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, 12 three-year-old maiden males plus an also eligible sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. And as uh, maiden focus said a little earlier in the card, yeah, three maiden races on the Saturday card. Uh, McLaren Vale was supposed to be in the middle one, and he scratched disappointed. We want to see what he's going to be able to do. But uh, this one, oh, man, this is a tough one in here. Uh, I'm very curious to see what you did because the number eight stayed in for a half is a horse that I loved on debut. I bet him at 20 to one on debut and he almost won. And I knew uh, there's no way in hell I'm ever getting 20 to one on this horse again. So he's three to one in this spot. Where'd you go on top? Well, he's three to one when they're including the 13 in the morning line. If the 13 ends up not in the race, uh, that three to one is going to go down significantly. It probably will go down significantly anyway. Uh, the eight horse is my top pick. And if they look at that, not only the number that comes out of that race and the, the, the time form number, the 133 early pace projection, the fact that uh, Zozos and Strong Quality come out of that race, both come back to win. Everything is pointing toward this eight horse being pretty strong. Now, this is a really, really, really deep race in my mind. And I don't think it's an open and shut case that the eight horse is able to get this done. I'm using the 11 as well, Plausible Dreams at five to one for James DeVito as uh, as my other must use. 17% over 12 first time stars with a $3.42 ROI. Take a peek at that last workout, 59 and change out of a gate, bullet work out of 18. Source has been working well on the tab. All of the, the six, six uh, workouts that we've seen I think you're going to see speed and kind of stalking speed from this 11 horse on the outside. I think you might see 8-11 right out of the gate, and I think those are your two main threats in this spot. Along with all that, the 11 plausible denial, uh, 15% dirt sprints for the barn, 32% the maiden special weight ranks, and my boy Gio Franco's going to be aboard. I know a lot of people are still very upset at him for his ride on uh, Little Tootsie from like a month or so ago, but uh, listen, I'm happy about that. Gio's a strong dirt rider. Stayed in for half was my top pick. Uh, the horse that beat him barely on debut, Zozos, he immediately went to Oaklawn, got an 88 buyer. Zozos is so talented, he's in the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League now because he's going to be targeting possibly the Arkansas Derby. And by the way, the horse that was third in that race, strong quality. We saw him win last week on the Risen Star undercard. He got a 72 buyer, not as strong, but um, stayed in for half is adding blinkers. It, he did have the lead in that race on debut and was kind of lugging in all over the place. So I I really lament that I didn't. he didn't win at 20 to 1 because, again, I knew when I saw that as he's not – I'm not getting that again, but uh, I'm still going to use him, <laughs> use him here. So we're two for two. I went three deep here. Uh, how deep did you go in this leg? I went five again. Well, you take it away. Keep going. 
Uh, let's go to six, Lundberg next. Um, and this is interesting because I would go with the 13, but that is a, a Brad Cox trainee. Lundberg, the six, is a Brad Cox trainee as well. So I think that we're going to find out which one he likes more by which one stays in the race because he controls the 13's destiny here. If Lundberg stays in, I like Lundberg quite a bit in this spot. First-time starter, son of Uncle Mo, sold for $400,000. Uh, he's uh, Brad Cox, 16% first time out. I love, we've talked about it before on the show, that workout three back, second of 40, 64. People don't notice when it's second. They notice those bullets, though, when it's one. Uh, the horse has been working well in the morning, and I feel like if Brad Cox keeps this horse in to scratch the, the 13 out, it tells you a lot about what he thinks of the six Lundberg. Boy, that's interesting because um, I didn't use the six, but I do have a note that if the 13's in, not only am I using him, but he becomes my top pick. Um, but I think the 13 is extremely strong in this spot. Uh, did you use the 13, or, or if the 13 draws in, whether or not the six is there, do you like the 13 too? I do. I would have to. So if the six goes out as the only scratch and the 13 comes in, I'm only going three deep here. Okay. I'm only going to go 8, 11, 13. Well, let's if talk the, about the 13 some more then. Yeah, if the 13 gets in because of someone else and both stay in, then I'll, I'll probably take out one of my last two picks, and we'll, we'll get into that in a second, probably the, the 10 horse. Um, the 13 slim end, I mean, this horse ran well first time out, comes back second time out, takes a nice step forward, coming from off the pace for Brad Cox. I think it's interesting that he has a different jockey on the 6 and the 13 so that he could technically run them both if he would mm -hmm. like to with Velasquez and with uh, and, and with Santana. We should talk about Santana, man. He is getting clowned by the Asterson barn. It's wild to watch this when you go through an Oakland card now. I haven't done it in a while. Um, I, I love Cantharos as a sire. He's a great Florida-based sire. He's starting to get some credit around the country as well. I, I would expect this horse to take another step forward, and if he does, watch out. I mean, he, he, he could be a very, very good horse. Yeah, I, I love him as well. Um, I All right, so let's see. Who's the next horse that you're going to use? We've hit three of them, right? Yes, so I'm using two other uh, one, two other first-time starters. Next one in for me was the four-horse call, the mall. I know Jason Barkley has had a terrible Oakland so far. He's one for 42, but at least he has 10 other uh, second or third-place finishes. I know he's not great first time out, only one for 20. But I really like that work, three back, dialed in, horse sold for 37000 I wouldn't be shocked if this horse is pretty live based on the day that it's debuting um, and, and the fact that we have that nice workout three back. So I included the four, called them all at 10 to 1 as well. Um, and then the 10 horse was the other one, and this would be the last one on. And if the 13 ends up in and the 10 horse is still there, but the six horse is still there, then the 13 would get over the 10 for me. And that's Magnificus. Uh, it's a son of practical joke. $35,000 what practical joke stands for. Horse sells for $160,000. Um, Marquette, again, not a wonderful first-time trainer, but the work's fit for this horse. Um, and you get Ramon Vasquez up. So I, I'm interested in the 10 as well. Uh, for me, I think you could trim this down if you wanted to, and I may end up playing a press ticket on the bombs with just a combination of the 8, 11, and 13, depending on who's in. Um, but without that, I'm going to go 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 in this spot. Uh, you successfully hit all three horses I'm using. The 10 Magnificus is the third one down for me. Uh, I love that this is a practical joke horse who's going to be dirt sprinting. We talk about it a lot, but uh, practical joke, 18% first-time starters as a sire, 21% dirt sprints. His horses, they just continue to pop when they're sprinting on dirt. This is also this is a grandson of Into Mischief and a grandson of Indian Charlie. That There's a lot of sneaky potential here with that pedigree for this horse to uh, to be really good if you look beyond just the absolute sire there. So I'm very excited about this, uh, about this horse, despite the fact that Mocat and Vasquez, especially when they're together, first time starters, it's not a very solid angle, but um, I, I definitely like this horse with you. Um, the horse that I didn't, what was the one that you just talked about? Uh, call them all. Call them all. 
Yeah, that one was interesting. My question for you about Call the Mall is the works. There's lots of gaps, and I'm wondering if maybe this is why Jason Barkley isn't super strong as a first-time starter because you've got that bullet on January 19th, and then he doesn't work again until February 2nd. And I'm like, was there a race he tried getting into that didn't fill? Did he get hurt? Is he sick? And then there's a 10-day gap from that work on the 2nd to the 12th. There's a lot of issues that are irregular from a, a normal trainer pattern. So does that concern you at all? Um, I mean, a little bit. I mean, anytime you have a trainer that's one for 20, you're not loving a bunch of the, the scenarios. And, and there was even, there's a weird gap between Christmas and early January, but a lot of those could be excused by what they're trying to do with a, just a training style. I'm sure there's gallops in between there. Like, it's not like the horse is just standing in its stall. Yeah. And, but it's, there's just no recorded workouts, which often can be different than, than recorded workouts. I mean, it's like, sometimes you'll see two workouts for a horse. You're like, well, there's no way in hell there's not more. You just didn't record the other ones. Um, I, to me, like, look, I trust the trainers in most cases. And I like, 47 and change is strong in a January or going over that track in January. So for me, I'm going to lean on that workout versus leaning on, you know, the, the overall style of it. Uh, and again, at 10 to one, it's, it's where I'm going to take a shot. I'm singling in one of the last two legs, which allows me to do this. And like I said, if I play a press ticket, I'm going to press through uh, other horses in this spot. You keep teasing that. And he keeps teasing it like he didn't single in the rebel. So we'll, we'll get there in a second. Real quick, for the Lundberg, I wanted to touch on this horse because I didn't use. And our friend Maiden Focus brings up, uh, worked a few times with Coach Happy, who ran last weekend and finished 12th. Uh, take that for what it is. You know, so it, it, Some people like that angle. Some people don't care. But uh, one to bring up. But a reason I'm not using Lundberg, though, Dan was a multiple stakes place runner sprinting on turf. She didn't do very well on dirt. The only time that she won, it was a completely sloppy track. It was off turf. Brad Cox also trains this horse's full older brother. He's currently four years old and about as big of a turd as giant game. So he's not very talented either is my point. Cox is one for 12 at this meet with debut horses. And the only horse that won was actually a two-year-old in December in a maiden claiming. And she got like a 46 buyer. So he's 0 for 5 with a three-year-old's debuting. He's not popping at Oaklawn with his debut horses, which is a little surprising of a stat. So I know that will eventually skew the back towards the median, but right now, to me, that's saying he's a little cold. And at this horse, at that short of a price, I'm going to take a shot against, but this is Brad Cox. It's Ricardo Santana Jr. I'm taking a shot against it, you know, holding on to my nuts doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, all valid points, all terrible sample sizes, so I'm not too worried about it. Like, I don't I, – look, we always talk about, like, oh, they're 47%, they're 22%, they're 18%, they're 4%. Like, look – if you don't give me 50 outings, I'm not really that interested. And, and I realize that, that certain barns go hot and cold and there's reasons for that. Um, so there's like different, you're going to see ebbs and flows and, and how that works out. And yeah, you want to be able to figure that out. If a barn's hot, you want to know that and, and kind of play toward that barn. When you're getting as granular as first time three-year-old starters in a barn that that is, what is Cox right now? 23% at Oakland. I'm not that worried about it. You know, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's, well, the one turn $16,000 maiden claimers aren't doing great for the Linda Rice barn. Yeah. It's like, uh, eh, you know, I, I, for me, it's, it's, I would rather have a larger sample size if I'm going to rely on numbers. Well, I don't know if Linda Rice is the right, uh, I get Fine. what you're saying. Maybe, maybe don't bring up Linda Rice. $16,000 claimers are really struggling for the, the, the Todd Pletcher barn at Gulfstream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the future race at Oakland Park on Saturday, February 26th. Race 11, the grade two $1 million Rebel Stakes. That's right, grade two $1 million Rebel Stakes. Field of 11 three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. And your favorite, no surprise here, the number two New Grange for Bob Baffert. He's won this race a record eight times. Um, nine to five, however, uh, can I lock that in now? There's no way in hell he's nine to five because uh, most of these horses he's already beaten, some of them more than once. And the ones he hasn't, 
got a lot of question marks about them. So I guess now is the question, Mike, uh, do you single him? Do you use him at all? Or do you chuck him right out? I'm singling here. Who do you think it is? Well, obviously it's not New Grange. You're teasing this up. It is New Grange. No, I'm okay. singling the two. I wish I wasn't. Okay. The funny thing is because if you listened to the show on Monday, you knew I was not singling the two. And then I looked at the freaking things and the two is the best horse. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want the two to be the best horse. Two got the worst trip in the Southwest. Worst trip. Won the race. Like, Tate's the course. Worst trip. Won the race. Like, how are you supposed to get around the two here? And, like, you talked about the new shooters. Okay, let's talk about the new shooters, right? Um, seller Tap. That's, that's kind of the new shooter. Like after that, who, who like chasing time? I, yeah, I mean Barbara Road isn't even that good. We trying to claim the horse, not that good. You go back and watch the races, not that good. Now I will say one caveat here: I will restructure my ticket if it is a sloppy track, because mm-hmm. then I I think Dash Attack has a shot. Yep. Um, but if it, if it's a fast track, I am singling New Grange. I hate doing it. I didn't want to single this horse. If you listen to it on Monday, I'm like, this, there's a lot of ways you could go here. This could be a good race. And then you like dive into the past performances. You watch some replays and you're like, I'm not sure how the two loses. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing where I landed. I had to make up really wild, crazy stories. We're talking about this off air. Like sometimes I'll try and get cute. I'm like, well, there's a heavy favorite. But what about this 20 to 1 shot? And it's like I can make up this crazy ass story that's got a 1 in 90 shot of happening. But it's a one in ninety shot, and it never happens that way. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm singling Newgrange here. Um, let's talk because it, it's pretty boring to talk about Newgrange at this point. Uh, first of all, uh, we have another horse exiting the Kentucky Jockey Club that hasn't raced since then. You're not going with the five Texas Red Hot finished tenth, beaten fourteen and a quarter in the Kentucky Jockey Club. The the trip notes say never a factor. I think that's being a little kind to him. Well, that, um, that race sucks, man. The winner lost. That's Smile true. The, came back and lost. That's it's a true. Race. It's officially, just, just, just shut it down. <laughs> officially, the past performances will forever have Smile Happy not italicized. Uh, it always was not, not italicized because he hadn't raced yet. Wow. Oh, that's that's too bad. Womp womp. Uh, yeah, Stellar Tap. Please, we, we laughed about that. Um, Chasing Time. That's the horse I want to talk about because this is the most likely, most logical new shooter. Uh, the major number one reason for me to not even consider him, Mike. Eight to one on the morning line. No, no. You're looking at three to one. Five to two, maybe seven to two, and that against Newgrange? No, I don't want that price unless you are a proven stakes winner. I'll take the over on three to one. I'm not betting you on it. I'm you just get saying. five to two and under. I get seven to two and over. Three to one's a push. <laughs> Look at, I mean, he's the, in his entire life. Two to one was the most. He's always been favored. Two to one was the 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 highest his price ever went. I just don't see a world in which he is not clearly the second choice ahead of even Barbarota's nine to two on the morning line. See, I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I think the money's going to get spread out pretty good after Newgrange. Even I, the My Racehorse Factor. I, I realize the My Racehorse Factor, but this is going to be... This is like the, the sixth most watched video in Racing Dude's history is just talking about chasing time. These people, like Peter, God bless you, are nuts yeah. about this horse. No, see, this is the thing, though. Like That matters when it's a, a Saturday at Santa Anita and there's five horses in the fourth race, right? It so a Saturday matter. at Santa Anita. Yeah, well, exactly. It doesn't matter as much in a stakes race of this level, right? I, I like, cause like look at authentic in the Derby, like that, that horse still was eight to one, right? Like you're able to, to have that level. If you have a lots of horses, be a big favorite, which you do and see enough horses that were, that are like 
good but not great that you could make cases for like i would take stellar tap as a new shooter over chasing time i think stellar tap has more upside than chasing time does in this spot i think ben diesel is going to take some money i think barbara road's going to take some money i think dash attack is going to take some money i think a lot of those horses coming out of the last race are going to take more money than we expect i, I wouldn't be surprised if chasing times five to one um, uh, interesting question here from Mark. Why did Steve Asmussen take so long to stretch out chasing time? And you look at the breeding and not this time uh, out of a Dixie Union mare should want two turns. I'll go ahead and give him a little bit of a pass because, uh, the horse broke the maiden in November going seven furlongs. So that's a great distance for a horse to break its maiden. And then he went to Oaklawn and at Oaklawn, it's either two turns or it's a mile or it's six furlongs. And maybe he just thought the two turns was too much. Maybe there weren't two turn races in December because at two year olds, that's still a new thing for Oaklawn at that point. So, uh, I know there's a lot of questions. I'm not too worried about that. Are you? No, I mean, look, look, like you, you hit the nail on the head there. Late in a two-year-old season, I'm not as worried about why they're going two turns or one turn, um, especially when the breeding shows that they should fit two turns. Like that, to me, kind of gives it the it, the end. I'll be all there. I, I mean, look, the horse wants to be on lead, right? So having that type of speed numbers, maybe you want to go shorter and, and take advantage of that, just the burning speed versus trying to go two turns and hoping you don't face a horse that just kind of can, can run you down. I don't see how the eight wins this race though. To be honest, like I wouldn't bet chasing time 15 to one in this spot. I, I think it's no chance. I think just no chance. So congratulations all my racers winners or owners. I just walked into the winner's circle, but I, I just, I can't see the eight here. And Mark says it could just be the exact same trifecta as the Southwest, chasing time, stretching out, facing winners, uh, stakes horses, and stellar tap. The record-bracing horse edge, and that's, that's all he's got going for him. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, – as far as Rebels go in recent history, this isn't the greatest one. And, and I know Aaron and Papa Dude talked about that uh, yeah. earlier today on Dude to Bet Sports. I'm, uh, I'm 297 in this race. That happens to be the try in the Southwest. Like Wow. Like, I just don't, I don't see anyone being able to, to step in front of them. I think dash attack is going to take money. And like I said, if it's off track, then I'm more interested in dash attack. But like, I, I just, I don't, I don't, Ben Diesel's like interesting to me, but the horse had the best possible trip last time. And, and Newgrange had the worst possible trip last time. Now Newgrange draws inside. You realize Newgrange might wire this field. I don't think anyone's talking about how like he's fast enough to wire this field. And now he draws inside instead of the 10 post. Like, is a huge shift from the Southwest too. I just, even though he hates the track, I can't get around him. I wish I could. I, I wish I could find fixed odds on, online too. I've been doing that during the show and I can't. <laughs> if, if, uh, don't tell our buddy JD, uh, if Arietta uh, can get Kavad to break, um, I think he'll be interesting. I think and it's because I was going to say, you're, you said you're 297 and that's the try. I'm 291 and that's three fourths of the super from the Southwest. Um, I think that Kavad, I watched the Southwest a lot and I thought that Kavad drawing on the rail now. Um, I think that he might, as long as he breaks cleanly, I think he could set the pace and have Newgrain just sit to the outside of him. Uh, and then I think at that point, he's, he's just fast enough that he holds off. You know, is Ben Diesel going to get another trip like that? Maybe not. Barbara Road should probably get second again. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go 291 and I might play a straight try. And uh, if you guys want to uh, join us, we're going to be doing a live stream for Oakland Park. We're going to be covering, uh, we're going to go live right before race 10 starts, which is at 549 Eastern. We're going to talk all about the Rebel, cover the Rebel, get our live reaction. And then probably 10 minutes, five minutes after the race is over in Newgrange. One again is when we'll end it. So it'll be a quick hour, but you can join us uh, on Saturday when that's happening. Meanwhile, Mike, let's move on. Fourth and final leg of the late pick four sequence to Oakland Park on Saturday, February 26th, race 12. And it's the Arkansas Breds. You can't go to Oakland and not bet the Arkansas Breds. We got a huge field, 12 older optional claimers, plus two also eligibles going six furlongs. The favorite is number 11, Rolling Fork at 7-2. to two. 
Johnny Ortiz, he is about as hot as hell as it gets down at Oakland Park right now for his barn. Uh, seven to two, I'm probably going to be a lot shorter than that, but where did you go on top? Um, I went with the eight horse on top here, uh, Mo Choctaw. Uh, look, <laughs> love the name. Uh, this horse set the pace in both of its starts. I think he's going to set the pace again. Um, was able to go wire to wire going six furlongs, running 45 and four, two back, and, and stretch out and win by 11 uh, with a one minute and 10 second time. Last time, for some reason, goes 45 and four and stops. I will trust the first race over the second. Um, I think that the horse is going to be able to get the lead going similar fractions. And the last race was one and one, 10 and four. And, and Mo Choctaw was a dollar 40 cent favorite on the dollar there. I, I'll happily take five to one for the horse I know is going to clear. And I don't think has a ton of pace pressure in this spot and should be able to go wire to wire in this spot. So I went, I went the eight on top and that was a, a possible single for me. I actually was going back and forth between last race and this race, depending on how aggressive I wanted to get last race. Wow, I didn't even use the eight. Uh, I didn't like the fact that the eight is a three-year-old. Uh, yeah, beat straight three-year-old made or two-year-old made in fifty k. Uh, Arkansas bread. It's Arkansas bread made in fifty k. Made in special weight. It's, it's almost the same. It's, there really isn't that much of a difference between them. But then he goes and he faces older horses, first time facing winners, and just completely spits the bit against several of these. Now I will say to his credit, the horse that beat him that day, Garhole. He's won three straight Arkansas bread races. This horse, from Arkansas bread perspective, is justified right now. Uh, this mm -hmm. horse is a monster. He's all over everybody's uh, past performances in this field, it feels like. So it's no shame to be beaten by him. And you can make the argument that he's a need-the-lead type and he's a speeder quit. So as soon as Garhole came up there and challenged him, Mo Chocta went, I'm not beating Godzilla today, and just gave up. So, you know, second time facing winners, second time against older horses. There are reasons to improve. I just I didn't want to use him because I, I can't trust that as soon as a horse that has any kind of talent looks him in the eye, he's not just going to spit the bit on me again. But Well, but there's no horse in this race that has any kind of talent, so you're fine. Except all the way on the outside, number 12, UBC, <laughs> baby. Yeah, 6-1, to one, top pick. Yeah. Steadily improving. Uh, first Arkansas bred race faces Gar Hole. We just talked about it. Next race misses by a nose. Now mm -hmm. exits the career best. Hard fought. Maiden breaker. The trainer wins with last out winners at a 31% rating. But I'm also, I've got a little bit of a hunch play here. The owner, Jerry Karoom, he owns this company that, uh, or is the CEO of this company that specializes in ultraviolet or UVC uh, specific cleaning and medical level disinfection treatments. He named the horse after what he specializes in. I'm going with UVC on top. <laughs> terrible tell pick. Me, tell me why this is a terrible pick. Because he'll be 10 lengths behind if the eight, if the eight wants. <laughs> The eight is so much faster than the 12. The 12 is going to be run into submission in the first quarter if he tries to get the lead. The, the, like 46 and change is the fastest that this horse has gone. Well, he's gone 45 and change and quit. So 46 and change is the fastest horse has gone and being anywhere near the lead. He's going to have to go 45 and change to go with the eight. He's not going to get the lead. He's outside of the eight. He can't pass anybody. He's never passed an Arkansas bread. Other than that, though. Sure, he's going to do fine. Um, <laughs> I actually considered the 12, so I'm just being a dick. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, you're you're putting the 12 in the winner's circle, and I cannot wait to cut this for Monday show. <laughs> uh, my, my second pick in here was the 11 rolling fork. Horse makes a ton of sense. He's yep. been improving. Like The numbers fit. Uh, we're getting back to Arkansas breads. It should be a big thing. Uh, Ridden stakes race last time out, 75,000 on handicap, two back. Uh, distance a little bit of a concern. But I don't think that we're going to have any issue here um, with this with this seven or the eleven horse being able to run a good race. Seven to two 
is another price. If I could lock it in right now, I think is a fair price. I think you're not getting that on race day. Um, for me, the third pick was right to the inside Navy SEAL. We talked about Garhol uh, last time out, faced Garhol, faced the eight horse, uh, was able to come from off the pace, ends up running second to Garhol. I think that the the 10, if he runs back to a number of the races that we've seen in the past performances, this is a, a tough horse. That was the first time facing Arkansas Breds uh, since he entered the barn of Nancy Not and Nancy Not uh, and two back faced hundred thousand uh, dollar stakes horses. So I'm willing to completely draw a line through that. Really, if you look at the last three dirt races, uh, when you draw a line through the hundred thousand dollar race, any of those three numbers fit could be good enough to beat this group. I'm trying to figure out Garhol is the name of this bar in Texas. I'm one called the gar hole. That's okay. That's interesting. I was trying to figure out like, it's such a, like it's a suggestive name. I was, there's gotta be something a little bit more to it than that. Uh, I love Navy seal second pick uh, in this race for me. Um, this is also the, was the barn Nancy Knott's only starter in all of 2021. Uh, and is one of only two starters that she's had in two. So she's already doubled her barn size in 2022. New year, new you. Good job, Nancy. Way to go, Nancy. Good job, Nancy. Uh, yeah, no, I like this horse a lot. Uh, interesting. I went three deep here and two of them are by midshipman, the 10 and the 11 there. So yeah, I went three deep, 10, 11, 12. Um, I didn't use Goodnight Archie. Did you use Goodnight Archie? The three uh, No, I didn't use Goodnight Archie either. Okay. Um, I, I don't think Goodnight Archie get the lead. And that was, to me, like I, I eliminated a couple of these because I think mm-hmm. the eight is faster than them. Yeah. Um, the 12 and the three were two of those that, that kind of, sorry, you're too slow to get past the eight and you can't pass anybody. So I'm going to use the eight, who's the speed of the speed and, and let these other horses come get them. On the topic of come and getting him, uh, let's talk a little bit about the nine, five, oh, one. Any interest? No, maybe a little bit, a little bit. I think outside of the three that I picked, it's pretty much wide open. So yeah, I mean, 15 to one, talk to me about it. Yeah, 15 to 1. Uh, had some success in, in non state bred races at Prairie Meadows and Delta Downs. Getting back to the state bred company the last three, um, you have a six furlong race, three back on the fast track. Good enough to win this race. Remember that race. Then we go to a muddy five and a half, draw a line through it. Then we go to a mile and 16th, draw a line through it. We're dropping down to 20,000 from a $40,000 level. Getting back to six furlongs is what the horse wants to do. There is a shitload of pace in front of it. This is the best closer in the field. Love me some of the nine here, 15 to 1. Mark loves the nine. James says no chance. <laughs> that sounds uh, about right. Welcome to <laughs> as, as Mark said earlier, uh, eight, nine, 12 could be, he's, he's kind of splitting, but he's mostly, he's actually completely agreeing with Mike there. Almost. Yeah. Oh no, that's a split. Cause you did, you 12, you left off, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, Arkansas breads are crap shoots, chalker bomb. Yeah. That's kind of it. I went six to one, six to one, seven to two and play. I just hope for something here. <laughs> I, I think the nine could like, look, if it's the eight wires, the field, the 11 wins because it's the best horse or you have an, a result where like the nine is just the grinder of the group or the 10 is the grinder of the group or the nine is, picks up the pieces and this thing falls apart. Like that's kind of how I'm trying to figure out the structure of the race and then pick the winner based on that structure. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's going to episode of the magic Mike show. Thanks for joining Mike and I had to go through this, uh, Oaklawn park late pick four sequence. I'm finally looking at Mike's ticket for once. Uh, if you are watching us live or the replay on YouTube or Facebook, thanks for joining us. Give us a like or a thumbs up. We'd appreciate it down below are our tickets. So we'll go ahead and give them out one last time, uh, for 50 cents. I'm going one, two, three with eight, 10, 11. We're both adding the 13 here. If to draw in, uh, singling the two new range and then 10, 11, 12, that is $27. I'm going to play a 50 cent ticket for five, 50 bucks. I'm going to go 1, 2, 5, 10, 12 with 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, with 2, with 8, 9, 10, 11. And in that second leg, if the 13 draws in and it's not the 6 that scratches, I would take out the 10. 
I just realized mine's supposed to be for a dollar. I was, I was doing the math. I was, I was reading, and I was like, I know that my math isn't great, but even I know this is that wasn't right. There we go. That's that's because I was like, it's it's half of twenty-seven, and that I can't figure out. So it's thirteen fifty. I'm kidding. But uh, anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you want some more insight on the entire Oakland Park card, I know it's not very stakes-laden, but the honeybee is on the undercard. Um, I'll have a preview for that at racenews.com with Dr. Miranda later. But also twelve races. There's all sorts of different maidens and allowance races happening, claiming. So if you want insight on that go to racenews.com the inside track to the rebel stakes wagering guide is available now to download uh if you are a subscriber 30 days of the premium products the samo bombs the rockets uh, any combination you get all of the guides that we do for free and we're doing a ton of guides virtually every kentucky derby prep weekend from here until the big race and then of course the triple crown races we're going to have guides for so there's no better time for value perspective to be a racing dude subscriber so make sure you check that out uh mr samich we're, we're out of football we're waiting for the end or the college basketball uh, tournament to get going here. What the hell do we talk about from sports perspective? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess we could talk. The NBA is back tonight with a full slate. Uh, the NHL has, I think, seven games tonight. Do I do? I mean, just just give out some winners. Is that what we need to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's, I'll pull up the uh, I'll pull up the sports uh, right. side. Go ahead. I like the Wild tonight plus one twenty. I think they're good. I don't believe in Minnesota, especially when they face good teams. So I like me some Wild. I like the Calgary Flames minus one sixty five or minus a goal and a half plus one sixty. Uh, I have no faith in Vancouver. Those are the main two reasons there. And I gotta say, this is this is an interesting one for me. Um, I don't want to get political, but I'm still going to mention this. Washington and the Rangers are playing tonight. Their best players are both Russian. One of them, Ovechkin, has been an outspoken supporter of Putin, and his family still lives in Russia, and that's rumored to be one of the reasons he's an outspoken fan of Putin. The other is Panarin. I didn't know he was. Interesting. Yes, okay. who is an outspoken anti-Putin guy, yes. and his family's in the U.S. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the, the Capitals also have four Russians. It's going to be interesting to see how they play tonight. Um, I would lean toward – it's a wild angle. <laughs> On an invasion of a country, I would lean toward the Rangers <laughs> because – you have a team that is distracted on the other side, more so than everyone is distracted at this point. Um, uh, shoot, I forgot about it. It, it was Panarin, right? This is the other. Yeah, the other the, the he's, he's on the Rangers, but like you have Kuznetsov and you've got uh, who else? There's there's four Russians that are on uh, Washington. The, I forget who it was last season. There was somebody that it, they got in a scrum. Was it maybe Brad Marchand that yelled at him? Uh, Nobody in Russia likes you. And people like made fun of it because they got caught on a hot mic and people were making fun of it as an insult. And then someone broke it down and was like, no, no, this is, this is serious. And here's yeah. why <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, because he, because Panarin like it like sparked something. He was like trying to like rip the guy's face off at that point. So, uh, yeah, interesting. You are the only one uh, of the Racing Dudes team who picked the Minnesota Wild. Uh, everybody else went with Toronto. But hey, sometimes you got to zig when everybody else is zagging. Uh, if you didn't know, over at RacingDudes.com/sports, we have free picks for all the major sports leagues that are happening right now. I'm gonna go ahead and show you what it looks like for, if I can get it to work from a. Uh... There we go. Awesome. Perfect. Yay. This is what it looks like. Racingnews.com slash free dash NHL dash picks. You get to see from Mike Stomach, Papa Dude, myself, and Aaron Halterman. Uh, we're pretty locked in on a lot of everything here. Uh, but do you look down at the bottom at the tallies? Uh, listen, I'm not going to brag, but uh, but Papa Dude and I, we're leading overall wins. You want you want a percentage, though. You look right there at, my, at uh, the one guy who went with the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. So we're using a site called Tally Site to do all this. It's a really cool website. They've got top fives for the season. I just got top five for the season right now at 
So I'm pretty excited about that. So I got to keep moving up that hockey board uh, and keep keep picking some winners. I'm surprised you all took Toronto. I mean, I realize they're a good team playing at home, but for me, I just I I, I like that Minnesota team, especially when they get rolling and roll four lines when the first is Toronto, which is very top heavy with Marner and Matthews. That's I I kind of yeah that's where my handicapping sometimes with hockey gets a little funky. I go a little top heavy with it. Like I, it's it's really it was very hard for me to pick. Uh, the Rangers. I was in that matchup. I was like, I've got to go with the home team, but I initially had Washington pick because I think it's going to be interesting. I didn't even think about the political angle on that one. It's uh, wild. You'd never ever have had to do that in your life before, but it's interesting to think about that. So yeah, um, but yeah, we can talk about NBA coming up uh, once we get that. Once the playoffs come, I'm more interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, real quick, like let me see if we can still get this on the future side. I know this is wonderful podcasting and well, radio. Mark said, here. While you do that, Mark says Fairmount Park, and he used the correct name. Opens in two mounts. Horse Hooky Tuesday. <laughs> I kept I reading that it. as Horse Hockey, and I was like, "There's a Horse Hockey Tuesday. Horse <laughs> Hooky Tuesday also acceptable." Yeah, the the uh, longtime listeners will know that's one of my favorite first day spots is Fairmount Park. So I will always love me some Fairmount Park. Uh, the Bucks are seven to two to win the Eastern Conference right now. I think that is a wild overlay. I don't see any way that the uh, the Nets, sorry, Slim, are going to win the East, and I'm I'm not a big fan of the 76ers with the whole Harden drama. So give me 72 on the Bucks too, if anyone out there wants to throw a little coin down. Um, sorry to go bring it back to NHL, but on that note, do you have a cup pick? Because a, a little while ago, when you were at NHC, I was like Penguins. They were 13 to one. And I don't. They, they, I'm not. I'm a little tepid on that now. Uh, the Blues, right? Can I say the Blues? No. Um, you already I'll said the, the Blues. You started the show saying the Blues. I'll take the Hurricanes at 12 to one. That's I, think, good price. I don't think that they are the most I think the Avalanche are the most likely to win, but the Avalanche are four to one. The Ooh. Canes are twelve to one. I'm also a little interested in the Las Vegas Golden Knights at eight and a half to one. I think those are the, the those the, the LBG and the, the Canes are the two that I'd be interested in. This is awesome. Mark says that on Tuesday, June 14th at Fairmount Park, he named a race after his dad for his dad's 80th birthday to be a solid five-horse 4K Kramer Field. Mark, I promise you this. If remind us uh, with like, give us like a week's notice leading up to that, we will handicap the shit out of that race <laughs> for your dad's birthday. We'll do that in Imagine Mike Show form. So, uh, but it's it. on, it's on you to remind me because I'm not going to remember this date. You got to remind <laughs> me. Meet me halfway on this. But we'll do it for you. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, listen, we've got a, a fun weekend at Oakland Park coming up. The Royal Delta Stakes is at Goldstream Park. There's a preview for that. Already at RacingDudes.com and on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Uh, jumped in with Jared Welch. This is the first time in a couple of weeks that he's been feeling healthy enough at, on recording days to uh, to finally show up. So it was nice to, to shoot the shit with him and, and preview that race. Latruska's coming back, and it's an interesting race. If you think that the Breeders' Cup distaff took a lot out of her and she's not going to be the same at 6, the race is kind of wide open. So you can... Check out all of our thoughts there. Blinkers Off will be live in just over an hour. Uh, you can also get that on the podcast forum wherever you find us. And, of course, at YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Uh, one more time, RacingDudes.com, the inside track to the Rebel Stakes wagering guide covering every single race on the Oakland Saturday card. It's available now at RacingDudes.com, so go check that out. Mr. Samich, any final words? We'll see you live on Saturday. Come join us for the races. It'll be a lot of fun. If you haven't joined us for the live streams, even though this one will be about an hour or so, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, we're at various levels of drinking on, on different sides of the country. So <laughs> it, it's a good time. We have a, a really great uh, interaction with the chat, just like we do with this show. So, um, oh, Ashley, you missed us live. Ashley, you missed us live here. Don't miss us live on Saturday. Uh, we'll be there for the race before the Rebel and through the Rebel. So uh, we'll see you guys then. Thanks so oh. much for watching. Yeah. Real quick, if you're live and you're watching, uh, I put Sam Houston picks up again tonight. So go check out Samabom18 on Twitter. You can get uh, Sam Houston picks for the rest of the night. We still have the pick six and the pick five left to go.
And Gary, thanks to you earlier in the chat. Gary, we, we did catch that, but it was great to bring that up. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellard. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. We'll see you on Saturday, and then we'll be back on Monday for another episode of the Magic Mike Show. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> the Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.